everybody. What day is today? It's the day this podcast is coming to your ears via magic. Straight through the magical ripples of time, Magic the Amstring delivered to you on a silver platter of goodness. That's right. How do how does audio technology work? Well, it's all a mystery, even to the people who created it. That's right. If you look in history books, under the entry of audio technology, there's just a question mark. Exactly. There's a bunch of pictures of scientists creating things that they don't know what they do. But one thing that we know what we do is how we do, and how we do is good. <laughs> one thing what we know how we do. <laughs> what we do, we talk magic. What kind of magic? Magic the Gathering. How how we talk it? Good. We talk it real good. And today we gonna talk it about Hour of Devastation. That's right. What kind of Hour of Dest- Devastation talking are we doing? We're doing talking pre-release times. That's right. Pre-release times was the hap-hap this past week, week, and, and, and we played in not one, not two, but three total over there, two total over here. So we've got a lot of thoughts up in our magic brains to tell you. That's right. This is the podcast Magic the Amateuring. I'm one of your hosts, Megan. And I'm one of your hosts. It's Maria Good. And we know how sentences work. Sometimes. <laughs> like we mentioned, of course, Hour of Devastation is the news of the week. And uh, we had a lot of fun playing the pre-release this past weekend. So we're going to talk about how that went. Talk about some of the all-stars in our deck. Some of the non-stars in our deck, if you know what I mean. There's some real yep. real junkers in there. But uh, yep. some real surprises as well as what turned out to be good. And we're going to tell you all about that. And we've got a special treat. We've got two special treats for you this show, yes, actually. we do. The first is our friend Sam is going to come on and tell you all about a type of cube that he's super invested in called Peasant Cube. Peasant Cube. Peasant Cube. It's not just what feudal lords call other people's houses. Hey, there's, there's, say, how many peasant cubes do you have on your land, Jeffrey? Oh, my goodness. I have nearly 20 peasant cubes oh. and 80 peasants living in them. Interesting. Yes. I have 18 peasant cubes, mm. but a thousand peasants within. My goodness. How many peasants are crowded into those peasant cubes? I, you know, to tell you the truth, Jeffrey, I don't really know. I just stack them one on top of the other, like so many Legos, human Lego bricks, if you will. Yes, yes. <laughs> Have you seen a nice yes. horse recently? I purchased a nice horse. Oh, it is lovely. Thank you, thank you. But how is its mouth? You know, its mouth is fine. Can it make other horses if you gain life? Yes, oh, yes. Oh, as long as I gain life, my horse immediately creates another indestructible horse. Oh, that's how birth works. Yes. <laughs> Actually, to tell you the truth, Peasant Cube is a really cool cube format. And if you've been wanting to build your own cube, which we do get a lot of messages about. Yes. And you don't have a million dollars to spend on it, like Cube April that we know. Uh, you can, uh, you know, try out Peasant Cube or something like that. And we're going to figure out how to build that with help from our friend Sam later in the episode. That's right. We're also going to have a very special new flavor text theater coming at you. Yes. Uh, it is it is great. Megan is very, very excited. excited for it. She wrote us um, some flavor text. Yes. And uh, Sam and I are going to have to decide which is real flavor text and which is fake that Megan wrote. Yes. We're going to play a two truths and a lie style where they're going to try and spot the fake 
flavor text amongst the real ones. Oof, I already know I'm going to be just rubbish at this, to quote a uh, British noblest. Yes, just a, rubbish. A feudal, a feudal, a feudal lord. lord. Just, just rubbish. Just rubbish. Before we get started, though, we have to thank our thank people. <laughs> we know how sentences work. Thank our thank people. The, the, the thankiest thanks we're giving to thank people are you, our listeners, and those of uh, our listeners that support us on Patreon. It really does mean the world to us. Um, we put a lot of work into into the products mm. that we bring to you. Uh, we're very proud of the work that we do, but it takes a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of equipment. And you make all of that possible. Uh, you make the standards to which we hold ourselves. Uh, you you let us set those standards very high so that we can provide you the very best that we think that we're capable of doing. Yeah, we really like to be a voice in the community that's giving you something that hopefully you can't find anywhere else. And so if you're thankful for for receiving that or if we give you anything like a laugh like some knowledge going into a pre-release anything like that consider please donating uh, at least a dollar an episode and you can head over to patreon.com slash mtacast to help us out there you become a member of the less than one percent club you get free perks you get perks based on the level that you want to join out we've got squirrel level we've yeah. got gremlin cute. level we've Double got cute. uh what's the next one Angel level and yeah. Desolation Twin level, and those are based on the dollar amount you give, and you get access to cool stuff like our Discord chat and uh, free gifts as well. So yes. head on over to that website and check it out. We've got really fun extra bonus Patreon content there as well that you can see. If you become a member today, you get access to everything from before. Woo. It's like a, going back in time to a super sweet space. Also, thank you very much to our sponsor, CardKingdom.com. CardKingdom.com slash MTA cast is our affiliate link uh and are you pointing maria is pointing at it if you are watching the youtube video you can see it with your eyes <laughs> in case the way that i said it didn't make sense <laughs> which is highly possible uh, considering the way my sentences have been know, going so far if this you're episode. a visual learner yeah <laughs> There Absolutely. It is. You can also stick a note in the comments of your order and they will slap an MTA <laughs> sticker. <laughs> they will slap an MTA in sticker into your order if you ask for one. Yeah. Uh, it's a great way to get a hold of one, some really sick materials that you need to play magic like boosters if you want to get your hands on more hour of devastation packs or whole boxes or you need sleeves or you need binders uh you can check out all of that stuff there pick it up it's pretty sweet plus did you know this a new standard's gonna be happening that's right it is and if you want to build that sweet cat tribal or horse tribal deck that's right i'm really trying to push this maria's really pushing (laughs) horse tribal Patreon. Really pushing it. <laughs> on Patreon. Cardkingdom.com slash MTA cast to let them know that you are a patron or supporter of this show. Even if you're not a patron, you can support us by going through our affiliate link and uh, get those cards to that horse deck because, damn it, I want to see it. It's time to talk Hour of Devastation pre release. I'm just casually sitting here waiting for my senior portrait. <laughs> yeah. That is what you're doing. I'm here waiting for my glamour shot. Ooh, glamour shot. Yeah, do you remember those? Oh, yes. I'm like, Never it was such a thing. Everybody had them. And I really? remember being like, it was such a big thing in my school. Oh. Like, Didn't get so up to many people had them. Like, they just had, like, the... Just when? When did they have them? Like, in high school. For their senior pictures? No. These just are just, having? like, things that people did. <laughs> 
happen? No. I assumed that this was a national phenomenon. We only did our senior pictures, which, I mean, you could constitute those as glamour shots, but they were really the same thing. We're talking about, like, the place where you go in the mall and you specifically get pictures done. Sure, and your face is floating in the background. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just like, like, yeah, exactly. There's, like, lots of soft focus, and there's, like, you know, like, makeup and hair nicely done. No, definitely did not do that. Oh, my goodness. It was such a thing. (laughs) Megan, did you have a glamour shot? I did not, no. Wow, I'm sure. But I, like, you know, I saw lots of other people's glamour shots. Do you know what a fun game is? Typing your name plus glamour shot into Google and seeing the first result. Why? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Why do we play any games? Do you think that there might be a secret glamour shot of you in the world? Like, maybe somebody just went and took a glamour shot of you? Exactly, but you didn't know it? Yeah, Megan glamour shot it, even auto-completed. Ooh. Let's find the first. Ooh, there's some nice. I know. This first one is great. (laughs) The first one's great. The second. What? Wait, wait a second. At the top it says showing results for M-E-G-A-N glamour shot. Google. Mother effer. (laughs) Google change your name. Excuse me, Google. I don't think so. Okay, let's change it. (laughs) Horrifying. Well, the first one is a man in a neck brace. Without a shirt on. With like so. a skin-colored bodysuit Oh, no, on. you're right. It's a skin-colored bodysuit and a neck brace. Well, if well. that doesn't just describe me, I don't know what does. <laughs> Fun game. <laughs> anyway, what were we talking about? Our we're, devastation. Our devastation. We, I mean, we weren't talking about anything no, we except weren't. glamour we shots. we weren't. We really weren't. So, Maria. Yes. We went to a lot of pre-release events this weekend. We did. Uh, we really Great. pre-released it right yeah. the heck up. We and did. And my, uh, you know, like, overall thoughts on the format, it seemed very fun. Uh, I can't say, oh, it felt a lot slower, a lot faster, because Seal does generally just feel a little slower in general. Yeah. Um, I played a seven drop, no problem. Nice. Um, so there's that. I had a deck with three seven drops. And, and was, two was it an issue? Drops. I mean... The, the fact that the rest of the deck wasn't good was an issue. <laughs> sure, sure. There were times when I, like, cast a seven uh, drop on turn five. I had a yeah. lot of ramp. That was great. The fixings, totally fine. Fixing, Traveler's totally great. amulet. Play three colors, just Manolith. do it. Manolith, yeah. YOLO. I think I played I played three colors in both of my pre-releases. Yeah. And it was, it was totally fine. Um, yeah, like, do you want to talk about any of your standouts from... Um, some of your decks. You're, you had yeah. a couple of really sweet decks. Yeah, I did. Um, my first and third ones. The second one in the middle was the one with three seven drops. It was very medium. Uh, middle one child went, syndrome. Yeah, that one went two two. Okay. It was just sort of like, eh. Uh, yeah. Eh. Uh, I did have two chaos maws. What's chaos maw? It's the six six that when it enters the battlefield, it deals three damage to everything. Sick. I mean, it's like. It's That's a, good a six, card. six, six for six. It's a good card, but sometimes it doesn't kill your opponent's creatures and they just kill you anyways. Yeah, I mean, Eternalize are four fours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Stuff like that. Um, but on Sunday, I got to play an Approach of the Second Suns deck. Ooh. And uh, that went 3-0, and then I drew, I drew the last round. Um, and, well, like, intentionally drew yeah. it. Uh, and, like, I got to kill people with Approach of the Second Sun three times. That's so good. It was... It was just the most amazing feeling to be like, am I really going to do this? Like, I built the deck being like, haha, approach of the second sun. And then I was like, wait, no. Oh, wait, this, this card. This is going to win me half of just my wins. games. And your deck, like you said, you you built it and you weren't yeah. all that impressed looking at it. But no. the secret was that it had a lot of ways to draw cards. It had so much card draw and it had a lot of eternalize. Yeah. Which was great also. Um, I mentioned this 
you can go check out if you want to hear more about this yes. release. We made a, a little video, which is on our YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash MTACast. You can hear all about our stuff and our friend's stuff as well. Yeah. Um, anyways, so I was like, there's a 2-4 that's a uh, 3 and a blue. And it says, uh, when it enters the battlefield, you can search your library for a card with Embalm or Eternalize and put it into your graveyard. And then whenever you use an Embalm or Eternalize ability, you you draw draw a card. That's great. And in my deck, it was just, it was so good. So... it was amazing. You also had the Scarab God paid you a visit in this deck uh, as well. Locust oh, God. the Locust God. Oh, the Locust God. God. Correct. And uh, you made a lot of insects. Yes. Because I had so much card draw. Gosh. And, like, I never waited a full six turns between casting Approach of the Second Sons. <laughs> I always drew. You just drew the Like, cards. I had, like, so many ways to, like, draw two or three cards. So it was, like, maybe three turns. Sick. It was great. That it sounds so like a, a pretty fun deck, too. And like yeah. w- like Megan said, you can check it on our YouTube channel. You can see the entire build of it because I did get a shot of it. Um, so you can see how she put it together, which uh, might be useful to you if you want to do the same thing. But you mentioned Eternalize. I loved it. God. Yeah. We talk about this in the video as well. Eternalize. Yeah. I was mega impressed with Megamorph 2.0. Yes. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. You just get four fours. Yeah. And four fours are big creatures. Four four is a four four. I think when I first looked at Eternalize, I didn't give that enough credit. Yeah. I was just like, whatever. Like, it is, it's like, yeah, it's like, fine, you get the creature back, but it's a four four. Who cares? But in this format, four fours Four's are big. Is, they're so big. I'm trying to find your blue card. So from a lot before. of times that was just like it was it was enough, you know. I think it's a vizier, so go a little bit okay. the farther vizier, down. Vizier. Um. Yeah, vizier of the anointed. There it is. So good. Great. Yeah, I loved it. Sounds pretty sweet. So my decks were both pr- pretty medium, and um, so I'll just kind of talk about them at the same time because there's you know nothing really to write home about other than a few interesting interactions and whatnot that happened while I was playing them. The first one, my uh, promo card was a Ramunap Hydra, which gets plus one plus one for a desert that you control, and one plus one plus one again for one in the graveyard. And so it was kind of fun to be able to um, play this card and attack. It has vigilance, reach, and trample, and then. Um, cycle a desert and be able to just get them out of nowhere. I had a pretty fun blowout with that. Deserts, by the way. Great. 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 I'm a huge desert fan. Like, uh, we did a video of top 10 worst rares to open and sealed, and we, we kind of, you know, rained on a couple of deserts. That, you yeah. know, to be fair, <laughs> they deserved it. to be rained on. Yes. But I just want to put out there, I'm not a desert hater. I do actually like them, and I think they're yeah. pretty cool and fun yeah. to play with. Absolutely. So... The bonuses are sweet. Um, yeah, they are. Cycling is great. Cycling's great. Still great. That camel that has lifelink with deserts. Ooh, so good. Legit. Yeah. Camel tribal. I wish all, I wish all the camels could have lifelink if you had a desert. Yeah. That'd be kind of cute. But um, the other card I wanted to mention very briefly is Burning Fist Minotaur, which I talk about in the video too. Mm-hmm. Two one first striker. If you pay one in a red and discard a card, it gets plus two plus so until end of turn. Basically unblockable in the end of the game. It's yeah. a great little two drop. You, right. uh, if you're being aggressive or, you know what, even if you're just playing green-red beats, which is what I was in this deck, pick up that card. Overperformed. Overperformed! Nice. Real nice. So, yeah. Um, th- that was the two yeah. kind of standouts for my first deck. Ambuscade, as you know, just just 
hits hits hard and um, yep. is a great card. Fervent Paincaster, the pinger yep. in the format. Ooh, um, love that card. Very impressive. Uh, did you? Wow, my other rare was Wildfire Fire Eternal. Yeah. Um, which is I just want to mention because it's better in draft because you can build around it. You get to cast uh, instants or sorceries for free if it's not um, blocked when it attacks as afflict four. Um, but the thing is that I never really had any instants or sorceries to cast with this thing. Sometimes I had one or two, but the fact of the matter is my opponents were terrified. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that I was going to cast something for free, and very frequently it was just, it, this card was just a lightning rod. They were like, "I have to get rid of that thing immediately," yeah. um, which was an interesting interaction. It, uh, you know, didn't really hold its own, but what it did was just stop people from killing my other creatures. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> That's my tactic called. It's not really a great creature. You don't really have any great creatures, but guess what? What if I did have a really sick yeah. card to cast? What if this? I did? What if I had an hour of revelation that I'm casting? for free what about what, that what about that i didn't <laughs> hey everybody we're here with a friend of the show sam to talk about peasant cube what's a cube it's where you build a cube of cards <laughs> so i just need to stack there we go. cards Beautiful. on top of each other and Beautiful then around and then yeah. down and i've made a cube exactly i okay. told you we would explain what a cube was at the top i, I think mean, i just did a very satisfactory very, job of very it very good i assume that most people who got past third grade know what a cube is but correct, well, correct. slam um you can hear all about building other types of cube on our episode with Cube April. Yes. Uh, which we will link to in the comments of the episode. Uh, but other it's than a, that. It's a hundred card, or not a hundred cards. They're all, they're all different. Yes. Every card is different. So it's X number of cards. Uh, there's different sizes. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, but where you, there's, it's singleton, and uh, you build different packs, booster packs, essentially, out of it and draft them. And you can draft them for the rest of your life, potentially, if you build a good enough cube. You can keep modifying, adding new cards to it, taking cards out, yep. and playing with your friends over and over and over again. Um, and you can build an, an expensive cube, like we talked about at the beginning of the show, or a more budget-friendly cube, which Popper is. Sam, tell us what the heck is Popper Cube as opposed to... Peasant I mean, Cube. Peasant Cube as opposed to Popper Cube. So, Peasant and Popper Cube. You might know Popper as, like, the term from the format that's all commons. Yes. Uh, right? And so Popper Cube is a cube that just only has comments in it. Peasant is an old school format that basically no one plays now that is uh, comments and uncommons uh, only. So that not makes just sense. Checks so, out. Checks yeah. out. So Peasant Cube is uh, really great because um, because you're limiting yourself to just like comments and uncommons. Um, you keep the power level at sort of like a manageable level. You know, if you're online playing Vintage Cube, like yeah. it doesn't even feel like playing real magic, right? It feels like fun as hell, but like not... oh. It's very That's okay. Yeah. Very you, can, you can definitely say hell. Right. Um, hell is on magic cards. So. Yeah, yeah, okay. That out. <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, so Peasant Cube, it's like pretty cheap to put together because you only play with comments and uncomments. Um, and it's uh, the power level is really manageable um, because, you know, you're only playing with comments and uncomments. But you also get to do stuff like because so many, especially in Modern Limited, um, so many of the like sets have all these like really cool build around me uncommons. Yeah. You can take sort of the best of those from all across Magic and put them together in these like sweet synergy decks and get to play this thing that like feels like traditional great limited Magic while also being like free to draft and like play over and over and like more powerful than standard limited and it's just wonderful. So the the, the reason like I specifically have a, uh, an attachment to Peasant Q is because when I was sort of transitioning from being a person 
who didn't have friends that played magic. I and thought just you were just going to stop magic. with didn't have friends. Yeah, well, <laughs> I was going from a person who didn't have friends. Freshman year of college was a hard time. But uh, yeah, um, when, I, when we were like, I finally found like a group of people that like wanted to play magic with me all the time. Um, what we did was we just like built this peasant cube and then just played. You know, there were only like four of us drafting at any given time. We would just play four mans. But we just played four man twice a night, every night. For a whole summer and did that like Holy three cow. summers in a row or something. Holy cow. Yeah. And uh, and just and by doing that, we went from people who like didn't really play magic to people who like grind Grand Prix. And uh, not just in terms of like commitment to the love of the thing, but also in terms of like getting a lot better by doing it. Because um, depending on how you build your peasant cube, um, you can it, it really in a way that like other cubes are about like having fun and like wild decks and almost you know, sometimes you end up feeling like you're playing EDH or what have you. Um, like because the peasant cube is much more grounded, it really works on those like fundamentals of limited play a lot more. Yeah. And so we got to like translate those skills over to to getting good. So nice. just base level question, how many cards are in your peasant cube? Yeah, so my my traditional peasant cube has always had about 450 cards in it. Whoa! A little bit less than that, maybe 420. <laughs> That's a lot um, of cards. A, yeah, the, the goal has always been to like get under. So what you want, you want a minimum in any any cube, you probably want a minimum of about 360 cards. 360 cards is how many are uh, used in a eight man draft. So if you are regularly drafting with eight people, then 360 means you're drafting with the same 360 cards every time. So yeah. if you're regularly drafting with eight people, you probably want a larger cube. I think the online cubes tend to be about 540 cards, okay. which means you're using two-thirds of all the cards in any given eight-man draft. Yeah. Um, when we were doing... Uh... Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> this is Sam. He likes Pomplamoose LaCroix. <laughs> hey. Uh, when, <laughs> when you use... Um, uh, I can't remember where I was now. It just like took it all out of me. Um <laughs> 420 what? cards. Right. So when you're playing... 360 uh, cards. Right. Yeah. When you're playing mostly with, like, four people, or if you're uh, uh, excited six people, like we were at the yeah. time, um, then, like, 400, 450 is, like, this good number where you're using about half the cards every time. And yeah. so you have, like, a lot of rotation. You get a lot of variety while at the same time having more room. Our, our goal is always to get down to, like, under 400 to, like, keep things manageable. But there's yeah. just so many fun cards you want to include in your cube all the time that you got to, like... Yeah, yeah, you gotta yeah. get more cards in there. Um, and then they just keep putting out new sets. I don't know how to keep track of them all. <laughs> I uh, love the point that you made that there's a lot of build around me uncommons. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the times in draft, we don't get to really utilize those because the strategy does just doesn't come together for us. Yeah. Or perhaps there wasn't enough support to make it a good deck. Yeah. Well, you can put it in a cube and be like, hey, guess what? I'm going to make this a viable strategy in my cube. Yeah. So actually, one, so I want to talk about my favorite archetypes in the peasant Ooh, cube. Yeah, um, let's in your cube specifically. In my cube specifically. Right. So um, the, a lot of these that I'm going to talk about here are ones that like are probably going to show up regardless of what uh, your peasant cube looks like. But there are also a whole bunch of like any cube can be tailored to whatever archetypes you want, right? And so if like you are really coming off of like my cube doesn't have a minus one minus one counters theme, but coming off of Amonkhet. There's like so many cool like I just want to put uh, is it obelisk spider the new like oh yeah yeah yes. I just want to like yeah. put that spider in, is so good uh, yeah like it's there's been all these like cool like back in like Shadowmoor there were all these cool minus one minus one counter cards but there weren't like quite enough to make them work in peasant mm -hmm. cube but now since they've like put out another set with all these cards that support the minus one minus one counter theme you can like make that a thing and like um, but yeah in my cube the coolest archetype 
in my opinion, is the blue red spells archetype. This is the thing that you see show up in like lots of formats, right? Like yeah. sort of the blue red deck. Yes. Like we have that in Omicat right now, but it's like really hard to bring it together. But when you get like all of the best blue red spells build around on commons from the past 10 years and you put them all in the same place, like suddenly you can just like go off. Sick. Yeah, and you get to play like, so you get all the like baseline cards, like your preordain, your brainstorm, and just your little cantrips. And then you get to play um, like, uh, oh my gosh, it's the Pyromancer's, not Ascension, I think, but it's like three and a red enchantment. Whenever you play your second spell for the turn, shock something. It's I like, remember that card. Yeah, yeah. It's like a core set, right? But you get to play that along with like Lightning Weaver, which was from, I can't even remember, it like pings it's a creature the, it's every the time. It's one four. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was that from Con, the Cons block? I'm pretty sure it yes. was Innistrad. Or, or was it? Or maybe it was Dragons. Wherever I don't know it was from, it's G. Wherever um, it was. And then uh, one of the like surprise, uh, surprise like build around blue-red spells on comments is... Um, I mean, you've got stuff, you've definitely got like Enigma Drake in there, huh? Uh, no, Enigma Drake isn't, like, good enough, so... <laughs> Whoa! Know, right? All right. Uh, all right. Part of the issue is, like, all of the really cool build-around uh, multicolor uncommons are, like, incredible. But, like, yeah. unless you want a multicolor cube specifically, like, there's only room for a few. So we end okay. up playing things more like uh, Jilt and Fire and Ice as, like, really good, like, blue-red cantrips yeah. and spells that uh, do cool stuff. Um no, the the one that I really like is the uh, Sphinx's tutelage, which is the Ooh, right yeah. the mill out that card, card, right? Yes. But so you can do stuff like play um, like Sphinx's tutelage and pick up maybe like a, a demonic tutor or something as like a, a second copy of it, and then just play a whole bunch of these cantrip spells. Like playing Sphinx's tutelage yeah. with brainstorm is like. You're just, like, that's not good enough for Legacy, right? But, like, and, like, Brainstorm's never going to be, like, modern legal. But that's, that feels Beautiful. so unbelievably good to do, and you're never going to get to do it in another format. You mean there's a cube where I can kill people with Sphinx's tutelage again? That's what I'm, I'm saying, in. yeah. Back I'm in. in. Um, there. Can I yeah. ask a quick side question? Yeah. You mentioned Brainstorm, and I was just wondering, on the whole, how, how much is this, like, in for example, your cube yeah. run somebody? That's a really good question. You know, I uh, didn't put it all together at the same time. Sure. So, uh, Just over time, you sure. built it up. Yeah. I can't. But, um, but I, I know that, like, you know, there's uh, there are probably a couple dozen really expensive cards in it. You know, you got your Demonic Tutor and your Sylvan Library and your Maze of Ith and a few other, like, really expensive uncommons. Even, like, Path yeah. to Exile, you know, sure. run you a lot. But, like... You're only buying one. Right. You're only buying one of each of these cards. Um, a lot of people have, like, one of a lot of old cards lying around. That was my experience when I was putting this thing together. But also, if you don't put to, if you don't want to include any of those things like none of the expensive cards are like really the make or break cards right like yeah um you, you play pyromancer's assault that's what it's called uh, okay. but, like the vast majority of the interesting cards are things like pyromancer's assault and sphinx's tutelage that were like really interesting and good in their limited format but like will never ever be used and constructed yeah um the the two actual um to get back to our tips a little bit the two most important cards in the cube are crystal shard which is a like throwaway uncommon from Fifth Dawn. I, I think. have never a even heard of it. Crystal Shard. Um, Crystal Shard is possibly my, my favorite magic card because of this name. cube. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so it's a three mana artifact, and it says um, pay three or pay one blue and tap this. Return target creature to its owner's hand unless its uh, controller pays one colorless mana. 
So it's unsummon a creature unless they pay one, which seems like it's really bad. You just like try to unsummon your opponent's creatures and they pay one and whatever. It's like a stone rain you have to pay mana for every turn. Yeah. Except you can use it on your own creatures. So what you do is you get a whole bunch of like creatures with enter the battlefield abilities, nice. like your mana yeah. wars or your you know reflector mage at crystal shard becomes like there are two creatures your opponents control that they're never going to be able to cast again because you're going to just reflector mage at every turn. Yeah. Or you can combine this with things like um, you know shriek maw, and uh, so shriek maw is four and a black for a three two, fear. And it has, uh, when it enters the battlefield, it destroys target non-black, non-artifact creature. And it has evoke for one and a black. Um, and evoke says you can play this creature for its evoke cost, um, and then you uh, sacrifice it immediately. So basically, yeah. this thing either is a two-mana removal spell or five-mana creature with a removal spell. But with Crystal Shard, you can play it out for its evoke cost, kill something, immediately use the uh, Crystal Shard to return it to your hand before you have to sacrifice it, and suddenly every turn you get to like pay three mana to kill a creature. Um, and there are like all kinds yeah. of like, weird. Okay. Yeah. So Crystal Shard does this weird thing where like suddenly every creature that you have that with an enter field enter the battlefield ability becomes a ridiculous creature. And the other uh, amazing card uh, that gets picked up really quickly is uh, Palaka Worm, which is <laughs> classic. I remember this friend. Yeah. So yeah. Palaka Worm is from Rise of the Eldrazi, which was this set all about giant creatures, right? And so it's uh, four green, green, green. So seven mana for a seven, seven trample. When it enters the battlefield, you gain seven life, and when it dies, you draw a card. Um, and so you can do things like get a Palaka Worm. You just, like, you know, stall the board as much as you can until you can get to seven mana, and then uh, play it with either something like Crystal Shard, where you can play it every turn, or play it in black, where uh, you can return it from your graveyard over and over nice. again, or something like that, um, and just uh, gain a ton of life and beat them down with a giant 7-7 seven, seven Trampler. And playing with, like, Palaka Worm... In Constructed, it's, like, not ever going to be a good card, right? There are no. so many other cards that, like, cost seven mana and have absurd yeah. stats and, like, do crazy things. But just, like, gaining life and, I don't know, it's just such a wonderful card to play with, and it's, like, fair and something you would actually see in Limited. Yeah. But also really fun. Modern Masters, man. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice. Modern Masters is actually a really good comparison for what Peasant Cube feels like. Oh, I love Modern Masters. Yeah, yeah. And this is like getting to draft that all the time. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. I mean, that's a big sell. That's a good... If you, if you were packaging this, you could put that on yeah, the... Yeah, it's like playing Modern Masters. Top of the package. The so why don't you run us through a few more uh, archetypes that you, that you think are good ones to kind of either build into your uh, Peasant Cube that you yeah. might be considering or that you find in your cube. Yeah, for sure. So... Um, um, one thing that I think it's really important, um, anyone in any cube, this is sort of even beyond just peasant cube, um, one thing people don't pay attention to often um, is making sure aggro decks have the tools they need to survive. So in my peasant cube, we focus on uh, white, red, and black, so Mardu colors, as like really supporting uh, aggro decks yeah. um, to make sure that they can thrive. Because control decks you don't really need to worry about, right? Like there are so many ridiculously good removal spells in right. the world and card draw spells in the world, uh, especially at Uncommon. You know, you can play things like Factor Fiction and uh, Treasure Cruise and all that jazz. So you just kind of let control decks oh, do their thing. Oh, Treasure Cruise. Yeah. <laughs> you said the magic word, Sam. <laughs> yep. Megan's going to be gone for the next five minutes. Yeah. So uh, what um, were you guys talking about? <laughs> I was dreaming of a boat that draws cards. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Woo! So for aggro decks, uh, what, what we really focus on is like putting in a lot of really good one drops. So you just play like a bunch of creatures that like have uh, two power and cost one mana. 
and then you just put a bunch of those in your white, red, and black colors. Um, and you know, you get your like Thraven Inspector and your Mother of Runes, which is a ridiculously stupid card, and like a few other like interesting things. Yeah. You just like load up on uh, one drops and like three power two drops and let that be a deck. Um, and I think it, I think it's really important to do that to sort of like keep the more you expensive decks in line. Yeah, because otherwise you end up. Uh, before we were doing that in this cube, we would just everyone would end up. Um, like you fifty know, percent of games would come down to decking, right? Because everyone would just sit there <laughs> oh and like eventually God. like just like stall the game out together. Right? Yeah. Well, I've cast a Palaka Worm six times, but you've cast a Mold Drifter four times. Yeah. So precisely, I've literally played that game several times. Uh, <laughs> and it, listen, I love that game. Yeah. But, you know, you, yes. you don't want to encourage that every time. Yeah. Um, so another deck that um, to b go on the plot form, um that I really like to support is the ramp decks, right? So you just put um, in green. We don't really have room for aggro because we just have a lot of mana elves. You know, it's similar yeah. to the sort of deck that you'd see in um, the kinds of decks you'd see in Legacy or Vintage Cube that are really based yeah. on playing much else, and then a Crater of Behemoth or what have you. Um, instead, you just hop out with like. Ulamog's Crusher, or Breaker oh, of Armies, yeah, sure, or yeah. Block of Worm, something like that, right? Cool. Um, and green can really support that with any other color. Um, uh, the other one, I mentioned this with uh, Crystal Shard and Palaka Worm, but there, we have a lot of um, sort of blink decks going on. Uh, so these are decks that use, uh, the Poster Child um, is like Momentary Blink, which it, we just saw yeah. in the latest Modern Masters, yeah, right? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. There Cloud was the Blazer? Big, yeah, exactly. Ooh. So Cloud Blazer is definitely in, right? Okay. And so the the thing that you do is... Uh, Megan's gone again. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, these decks tend to be like some combination of not red colors, like often yeah. three colors, but you can sort of pick what you want in there. So for when they're Bant, they tend to be like, you know, you play your Ghostly Flicker, which is like Flicker to non-land permanents. Yeah. And so you can you can pick up things like Archaeomancer, which is a creature that will return an instant or sorcery when it comes into play to your hand. Yeah. And when you Ghostly Flicker that and another creature, when the Archaeomancer comes back, you can pick the Ghostly Flicker back up to your hand. And so the Ghostly Flicker just becomes almost like an enchantment of just like two and a blue mana flicker target creature, and you can do that as many times as you want. And so you can imagine All like right. a board where you have out Cloud Blazer, Archaeomancer, and Ghostly Flicker in your hand, and suddenly as many times as you want, you can pay three mana to gain two life and draw two cards. What a um, world. Yeah, and uh, so the often you'll end up with uh, <laughs> versions of that deck also that are like blue, green, and black that have focused more on like reanimating things. Yeah. So you get card, old school cards. I think this is an Urza's Legacy card, um, Phyrexian Reclamation. It's a one black enchantment, and it says you can pay one in a black and two life to return any creature from your graveyard to your hand. So you yeah, know, you get that out with uh, your Cloud Blazer, your Plockworm, and suddenly like you need some way to get the creature to the graveyard. But every time it does, you just bring it right on back and gain some more life and like do whatever the thing is again. Um, nice. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, then the the other uh, so the blue red spells deck I also talked about. Yes. Um, yeah. And the the final sort of like mechanical thematic deck as opposed to just sort of like broad category of cards um, is the plus one plus one counters deck that we've found recently. So this nice. the the poster child of the plus one plus one counters deck is um, Elite Scale Guard, which is from mm -hmm. um, yeah, this was a build around being uncommon in not Khans of Tarkir, Dragons of Tarkir. Yes. Uh, whatever that other set was. I didn't play very much Dragons. But it, so it says four and a white. It's a two, three, and it has bolster two. So it like puts a plus one, plus one counters on a creature when it comes into play. And then it says whenever you attack with a creature that has a plus one, plus one counter on it, you can tap a creature the other player controls. Um, and you play this with cards. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Play, play this even with, imagine, like, 
uh, Long Tusk Cub from Kaladesh here, right? Yeah. Or even Kaldatha Seed Sculptor um, were playing in this cube, which yeah. was the just the one in a green for a 1-2 that puts a 1-1 counter on something when it comes into yeah. play. Because that card, like, uh, you know, that card is basically just a 2-3 two, for 2, which isn't very impressive in a world full of, like, Cloud Blazers is sort of a standard kind of card. Um, but when you combine that with cards like Elite Scale Guard or um, all the... That there was this whole series of cards in Khanzatark here that were like, all creatures you control, the plus one, plus one counter on them have flying. Or all creatures you mm -hmm. control, plus one, plus one counter on them have X. Abzan Falconer. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Uh, too bad that, uh, what is it, Hardened Scales is a rare. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, well. um, but so you can do some like really interesting plus one, plus one counters things. Nice. Um, with, I love plus that. one, plus one counters, uh, so um, yeah. this is what I'm going to draft when yeah. I play your cube. There Thank you go. Um, and red actually has a lot of weird support for this because there are um, like an absurd number of really? red creatures that are like two mana for a two one that like conditionally gets a plus one plus one counter. Oh on yeah, Maria, you could bring back some of your Unleash favorites. That's right. Unleash! Uh, th listen, the Unleash cards have never gone away from me because they're all in my cube and I play oh, with them all the time. Unleash, my favorite mechanic of all time if people there didn't know. Go. <laughs> oh yeah. my gosh, um, I'm so in. Yeah, but so Im imagine like a start that's just like um Oh man, uh, the Gorehouse Chainwalker on turn mm, two. I imagine that every right? day. <laughs> and then on turn three, you got the Splatter Thug. Thank you, <laughs> Splatter Thug. Um, and then turn four, like you know, burn away one of their creatures. And then turn five, play yourself that Elite Scale Guard. And suddenly they like can't block any of your creatures because yeah. you're just like tapping them down whenever you go. Um, yeah, so that's that, so cool. That kind of thing okay, is, is yeah, really great. Let's do it. Um, Sorry, we're cutting this episode short this week to go do this right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, so those are sort of the base uh, archetypes that I support in my cube. Um, but as I mentioned before, there's a, clearly a, like a minus one, minus one counters archetype you can support. Yeah, um, you could do spider spawning if you wanted to. Uh, uh, spider spawning, oh, I forgot about the graveyard deck. There's a whole like blue, okay. green, uh, black graveyard deck that involves like blue cards that like, you know, it's look at the top four cards of your deck, put one in your hand, the rest in your graveyard, so you can fill up your graveyard that way. And you get to play uh, yeah. Nyx Weaver. I love the Nyx Weaver. So this was a Theros That's card. That's right, the green-black yeah. one. Like, one green-black, oh, yeah. the enchantment spider. Yeah, it's a 2-3, and you mills yourself for two every yeah. turn. Yeah. And so then you just, like, get your whole deck in your graveyard, including, hopefully, Unburial Rites, right? Which is yeah. the flashback yeah. reanimate spell. Or um, the other one that dredge people play, where you sacrifice three creatures and bring something back. You can oh, do that yeah, kind yeah, of thing, yeah. too. Um, and there's a... There's like a minorly supported like black red sacrifice deck we have going on too that plays like goblin bombardment and a lot of token making creatures. All right, or like all right. Mortar pod and stuff like that. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's basically what we support. Um, I also, if you're interested in getting into this uh, building your own peasant cube, I highly recommend trying out some uh, tribal themes. Um, we've both uh, discovered it. There's almost enough to make a like mono green elves deck really mm -hmm. good. Um, like you can play Wellwisher and like Priest of Titania and like all these cards that like do X for where X is the number of elves that you have in play. Yeah, are really good. Shaman of the Pack. Yeah, um, especially now with Amonkhet, zombies is very clearly a thing. Yeah. Uh, what about cats? Oh well, not enough cats in peasant yet. I don't know. You might be able to make that work in the. In yeah, you're right. But, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> what about um, horses? Uh, there's still you know. the one horse tribal card. Okay, never right? mind. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> Although, you know, there's nothing that says you can't put Someday. in that. Uh, I mean, first of all, you can make whatever cube you want. That's um, true. There's no rules here. Yeah. And also... Uh, I, mine's a peasant cube with uh, one rare. I was going to say, up next, Maria's horse tribal cube. 
I, I'm actually really into the idea of experimenting with putting in like one gold rare per uh, per like multicolor uh, color pair into the peasant cube because okay. there are things missing right now. Like mass removal is extremely hard to come by. Like the best you yeah. get is like infest, which gives all creatures minus two minus two. Yeah, and then like big creatures just live through it. So yeah. I want to just like put in. A supreme verdict or something. We'll like see that. what happens. You know what I mean? Don't we all? Yeah. Um, and there's nothing that says you can't. You know, you get yeah. doing what you want. Um, although restrictions are fun. So, um, but so like, especially with Omnicat now, you get uh, your zombies tribal is like off mm-hmm. the hook. There's like six different black zombie lords or something, and a bunch of like blue <sighs> ones too. Um, and if you really want that cat's cube, you can always just like add the creature type cat to a lot of cards and like go with that, which I bring up because if you add the creature type rebel to a bunch of creatures, white is traditionally a really bad color in peasant cube. Like there's yeah. just not quite enough to fill it out. But um, rebels are great. Though. Rebels are great, especially if you like, you know, if you imagine adding the creature type rebel to a bunch of like, you know, medium kind of end of the battlefield creatures, then yeah. suddenly like the rebels deck is a thing, and like it's this nice. interesting extra archetype. Don't um, worry, yeah, we're going yeah. back to Lorwyn, you guys. Yeah, I feel it in my bones. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Um, so yeah, there are all these other things. Uh, like enchantment matters is a thing that almost works. Also, uh, goblins is another uh, tribal thing you could probably uh, make happen. We're like really close to like a life gain. Uh, archetype. We're not quite Ooh. there, but after you um, need something to be able to win with, right? Well, I mean, who, who really cares about winning the game when you can just like make creatures really big and gain a bunch of life? But uh, <laughs> uh, but you get Fine. you know there was that whole like black white theme in uh, the Battle for Zendikar, um, an oath of the Gatewatch, uh, in, where yes. yeah, like, yeah, things yeah. would trigger when you gained. We life. had Felidar Sovereign is the, the yeah. reason that I mentioned it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but there, I can't remember what it was called. But there was the one creature. It was like a white. Uh, Two mana, two two. Whenever you gain life, pay a white. Put a plus one, plus one counter on a creature. If the like, oh power, yeah, 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 yes. Right. So if you got a few more cards at like that power level that like trigger when you gain life, and there's like two more of them, but like three payoffs isn't really enough. Yeah. You can combo those with uh, like imagine having those with extort creatures. Extort was great. Right. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I would do that. Um, All right. And and so there are a lot of other uh, interesting uh, interesting things you can do there. Um, nice. So that's sort of that's sort of my pitch for peasant cube. I love it. This is so this is really my pitch for peasant cube. Go for uh, it. We started doing this <laughs> like eight years ago. Uh, I'm gonna put like soft music in the background. Thank you. Like <laughs> we we started doing this eight years ago. It was me and this like trio of brothers who I went on to live with and love so much, so dearly, so close to my heart. Um, I don't know why we that's funny. Side by side yeah. in World War Two. Um, <laughs> Brought our peasant cube in our backpack. Exactly. It's the follow up to Band of Brothers. Yes, that's what I was thinking. There it is. <laughs> Trio there of is. Brothers, but it's not about war at all. It's, it's about, about making a peasant yeah, cube. Yeah. And Tom Hanks is still in it. Uh, it's was, about sitting in, in a garage oh. in rural Minnesota, just <laughs> chain smoking. <laughs> And just like drafting all night long, and we like I, we've been doing this for so unbelievably long, and still when I go visit these guys who don't live in Minnesota anymore, um, I'll like bring the peasant cube along, and we'll keep playing it, and we still like it, and we still have fun, and any Aww. format that can survive for that amount of yeah. time and still yeah. be my favorite format, like that's a format worth trying out. Absolutely. Wow. So, and I love what you said earlier about like 
like getting better by playing this all the time mm-hmm. yeah. because um, that's a big focus of the show. And if so, people are like, how do I improve? And But you're like, I can't go out to, you know, I can't go out to a store and draft every week. I can't go out to an event every weekend. Yeah. Like that's not in the budget. Then this is a great way to be like, yeah. you spend the one time, like you build the cube, you spend a little bit making it, but then you have it all the time to practice. Absolutely. And, and really emphasizing that like, None of the cards that are actually expensive in this cube. Uh, I think we have a my list. Uh, you're going to post in the show yes, notes. Yes, we'll put yes. your list in the show notes. In case sure. you're like, holy cow, this is a 400 and something cards is intimidating to come up with on my own. We're going to post a list uh, of Sam's cube in yeah. the comments. And there, there are a whole bunch of resources on you know all of your favorite magic websites. I'm sure. Like there are a yeah. lot of forums where people talk about peasant cube building stuff too. Um, but like. Really, in that list, you know, it'll be the list I'm posting is like 370 cards, something like that. And, um, you know, there are a few cards in there that are in that, like, you know, 20 to $30 range or whatever, but like the cube doesn't need any of those. And there's only like 20 of them. And if you take 370 cards and take out those 20 expensive ones, what you're going to be left with is like 300 cards that are largely 10 cents each and some of which are 25 cents each. And when that comes down to it, that's like, you know, the less, that's, the cost of like two, three, maybe four drafts, but then yeah. we'll give you drafts for the next eight years. So awesome. That's so cool. Thank you so much for imparting your popper and peasant cube knowledge on us. Listen, I'm just sad that the timing didn't work out for me to come on uh, the show and do this pitch when they were doing the You Make the Cube uh, contest. Oh, yeah. That's right. Because there was a peasant cube that my peasant cube didn't get selected. But someone <laughs> else's, I'm sure, very good peasant cube got selected um, as one of the options so there. So that everybody would yeah. vote for you? Yeah, and it, it came like it came in like last. I, don't under, I understand it. People don't think comments and uncomments are exciting. But listen, I'm here to tell you. Don't understand how great these You guys, are. commons and uncommons are exciting. Uh, I just want to, yeah, all I want to do is, like, sit around and, like, all day with my four mana up and, like, dismiss whatever you play or factor fiction when you don't play anything and, like, deck you out with Elixir of Immortality and, like... Perfect. Yeah. Are nice. there any cards that um, are... There's, like, no bans or anything in this format. Oh, so... You can do what you want. I mean, like, I personally banned, like, Soul Ring is kind of ridiculous. Yes. Okay. Skull Clamp, maybe we don't need that. Okay. Um, Loxodon Warhammer is something you wouldn't necessarily expect needs to be banned, but is, like, dumb and you shouldn't play with it. Um, <laughs> and then the the last bunch of cards that you want to be careful with is Conspiracies. So okay. I love, love love playing with the the draft matters cards from the various conspiracy sets yeah um, they're really fun and especially um uh like some of the the guy the clockwork librarian where it's like you can draft him out of a pack but then when when you get a pack you can put him back into yes. the pack and take and two cards too yeah, yeah so like that's a really interesting and fun card and there are so there are a whole bunch of these conspiracies that are like name a card and then when you cast that card like do something with it, like put an extra plus one plus one counter on or whatever. A yeah. lot of those are extremely abusable. Like so, the okay. one I just mentioned, like there's one that's like uh, name a creature ahead of ahead of time, and like when you play uh, a creature with that name, it comes into play with an extra plus one plus one counter on it. Well, you just need to pick up uh, any persist creature, and suddenly that card is really dumb because the persist creature can never die. Sure. Um, yeah. And so like that's not cool. And there's another one that's like. Uh, it copies an instant or sorcery, like for an instant or sorcery that you've named. Like, that's also really just not fun. Um, yeah. There are a couple of them that are really good. There's one that makes any creature Birds of Paradise that's really fun. There's one that gives any creature haste that's really fun. Um, but conspiracies yeah. are another thing you want to be careful just with. Just be careful with them. But other than those, like, uh, three cards. Oh, Maze of Ith. Maze of Ith is the other one you want to be careful with. I think Maze of Ith is good uh, and playable, but, like, not everyone. Yeah. It's not for everyone. <laughs> 
Uh, May is a myth. Not for everyone. Not for everybody. Yeah. Uh, that's so that that's sort of the the cards to be watchful of. Okay. Awesome. Well, this is some awesome tips. Yeah. And I encourage people to get out there. If you're inspired by this, you know, start start building and see if you can have a really fun, sustainable cube that you can play over the years with your friends in a Minnesotan garage. Yes. <laughs> Specifically in a garage in Minnesota. <laughs> hey, Sam, you want to stick around and play a game? Uh, yes. All right. Awesome. Let's do it. Flavortex Theater presents Two Truths and a Lie. Hey, everybody. I've written some flavor text uh, specifically for Hour of Devastation. We're going to crack a couple of packs, and I'm going to read uh, two pieces of flavor text that come from cards and one piece of flavor text that I have written. And Maria and Sam are going to each take a guess uh, at which is the piece of flavor text I have written. Okay. You'll notice Megan is playing with a Dungeon Master shield, so we cannot see what she has written versus what she is pulling from these packs. These packs, by the way, going into our drawing for July at the end of the month. If you're a patron, your name is in the hat, as it were, the proverbial hat, for winning all the cards that we open in Flavor Text Theater this month, and some other awesome goodies like unopened packs, some stuff from Card Kingdom, playmats, blah, 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 blah. So head over there if you want to be in for winning these cards that we open. I don't know, maybe there's a Nikki B. You never know. All right, are you ready for the first one? Yes. Here we go. Um, I'm so nervous. (laughs) The Minotaur stared at the Eternal bearing down on him, the embodiment of deadly skill he had aspired to become. Ooh. I just realized I don't know any of the cards in this set. It doesn't matter. Okay. It right. doesn't matter. We don't, know oh, we, d- we don't need to name the card. We no, just, we just read right. which one yeah. is real. No, right. which one good, is real. Oketra's body lay amidst the rubble, a warning for all who still harbored hope. Ooh. What will happen to us, they asked. The vizier paused. I think that's up to us now. Oh, I know that. Ooh, I know that last one. I feel one. like that one is real because I, I also think I've I know it. that I've one. I read that one. Um, I'm Ooh. pretty sure the middle one's real. Er, the rear, fake rear, one? Rear, rear. No, I'm pretty sure the middle one's real. But I, of, I also can't remember the first one. I feel like the middle one could be on Solemnity. Um, okay, I'm going to vote for number one. Number can, one. Can it, wait, can we hear number one again? Yeah. The Minotaur stared at the Eternal bearing down on him, the embodiment of deadly skill he had aspired to become. That's a cool flavor text. But I, I think Megan wrote it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I bet Megan's good enough to write that. <laughs> so which one are you voting right, for? I'm voting for number okay, one. Okay, we're both one. voting for number one fake. Uh, number one is from the card Kindled Fury. No! <laughs> so you wrote number two? I wrote number two. Oh, I wrote number job. two. I, that's what I was like. Oh, it's got to be on Solemnity. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You got, a, you got a future job. We are job both at zero. Yes. Maria and zero, both, Sam, I, zero. I'm pretty sure it's really. Um, I'm pretty sure it's really similar to the flavor text Megan on won. the. Um, oh yeah, Megan's at one. Uh, what's the one on uh, the card where it's like Kefnet and he's like dying? Yeah, yeah, all. yeah. Yeah, oh, the yeah, gurgles yeah, yeah. of a fallen god. Or oh, god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the dirtiest card I've ever dirtled. <laughs> I thought it was on that Dirtle card. Gurgles I'm pretty sure it's very name. similar to the flavor yeah. text on that card. Can we and you name both, that card Dirtle Gurgles? Oh, yes. god. <laughs> Uh, you both correctly identified that Survivor's Encampment was mm. yeah. uh, okay. was a piece of flavor text. No, that's that's me. It, it was such an inspiring moment painted by the word picture in that flavor text. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Okay. All right. How many how many rounds do we have here? Uh, we have four rounds. Four rounds. Four All right. Rounds. Megan's okay. at one. We're both at zero. Sam. Okay. Right. We gotta step come back. Up. Here we go. This, I feel like I need to pick different ones from you though, so that I can beat you. All right. That's your strategy. (laughs) All right, here we go. Um, With the Hecma destroyed, the wandering dead that sought entrance to Noctiman had free reign to lay waste to the city. Why wander in search of a new home when the path is laid out before you? 
As that, Noctum- was, that was two? Wait, yeah, that was two of them. Okay. As Noctaman crumbled, the god pharaoh smiled, and Hazaret knew they had been betrayed. Wow. So I'll read all three of those again. You guys can hear them one more okay. time. First one. With the Hecma destroyed, the wandering dead that sought entrance to Noctaman had free reign to lay waste to the city. Two. Why wander in search of a new home when the path is laid out before you? Three. As Noctaman crumbled, the god pharaoh smiled, and Hazaret knew they had been betrayed. Wow. I'm pretty sure I've seen both one and three on flavor text. Well, that's what you said before, too. I know. I know. <laughs> so you're going to guess number two, because I was also going to guess number two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think number two. I, I've decided right. that I like talking it out more than I actually like beating you, and okay. I can focus on just beating Megan. Well, if you're going to guess two, I'll guess three, so we're going to spread out our Ooh. votes to try and beat All right, Megan. all right, all right. Well, but does she get a point if she fools one of us? Wait, I think, yeah, I think okay, that so you it get should two be, points. I should be that you should have to... Okay, so I get a point for each person each that I fool. fool. Yeah. All right. Well, I get a point for each fool. Point per fool. So wow. Megan's at two. She's All right. got a lot of points by the end of this. Um, okay. The I'm second one is from Traveler's Ambulance. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and the third one is mine. Wait, what was the third one again? As Noctaman crumbled, the god pharaoh smiled, and Hazaret knew they had been betrayed. Okay, yeah, Maria okay. one, Megan three. That one is excellent flavor text, though, I just want to point out. Yeah. Very Gotta good. Gotta get hired here, Megan. <laughs> like, this um, is like your... your uh, your job pitch, right? Yeah, exactly. I think it's impossible for Megan to lose this game technically right now, <laughs> by the way, unless we pick the, only yeah. the same ones. Yeah. All right, hold on. And I'm going to crack I'm gonna crack another booster. Okay. So we have, I have, I have a few more options. And to be fair, I'm getting to, you know, I'm getting to pick a little bit. Was that land um, the rare, by the way? I can't remember. Um, oh, wait. No, Survivor's Encampment was not the rare. I haven't read the rare yet, so I haven't even seen it yet, I don't think. I'm just in suspense um, over here of what the rare was. Megan, like, opens an invocation, throws it yeah, to the Yeah, just, side. like, rips it up, <laughs> throws it in the garbage. Um, oh, boy. All right. Have you gotten to play any hour yet, Sam? Yeah, I got to play the two at a giant yesterday. Oh, sweet. How'd you do? Uh, we went two and two. Yeah, I'll tell you why. Because we had one of the most disgusting white-black zombies decks I've ever seen. And then decided, why don't we just also build a red-blue deck that does nothing? <laughs> and so I played that deck, and I did nothing. You know, we, I just, we decided that we wanted to play Unsummons instead of cards that matter. And Yeah. Uh, I mean, unsu- Unsummons Fair. pretty fun, though. Yeah. All right, here we go. Um... Here's the first one. Nicol Bolas's arrival laid bare the shining city's dark foundations. Two, the desert is a voracious beast devouring both flesh and stone. Three, initiates once believed defeat was the worst fate possible, a sentiment they quickly abandoned. You're too good wow. at this, Megan. <laughs> Here we go. These are all yeah. undoubtedly yeah. real cards. Here. I'm going to give you all three again. Oh. One, Nicol Bolas's arrival laid bare the Shining City's dark foundations. Two, the desert is a voracious beast devouring both flesh and stone. Three, initiates once believed defeat was the worst fate possible, a sentiment they quickly abandoned. I'm going... Ugh. Gosh, number three sounds like something Megan would write, but yeah, I'm going to say number one. I, w- I was going to go with number three. Okay. All right, I- I'll stick with three. Uh, number three is from Lethal Sting. <laughs> no! <laughs> and no! number one, I wrote. Woo! Woo! Even this advantage of, like, you know Megan better than me. That's yeah, very that's true. true. That's, that's very true. true. All, right, all right, I have two, Sam zero, Megan four. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. The, um, the law of small numbers says I should get the next one. So let's see. I have uh, okay. Here's gonna be the final. The, the final, final one. round. Okay. 
the final round down. <laughs> That's like how you teach rounding down in yeah. math. I would, if I was a math teacher, I'd come in with like a wrestling mm-hmm. gear on and be like, it's the final round I, down. I bet that exists on the depths of YouTube somewhere, yes. right? Like, <laughs> Yeah. Everything exists in the mm-hmm. depths of YouTube, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. Oh, man. I'm just also being mean and like making <laughs> picking things that sound similar. So the, this is the thing, like sh- the ones that... Uh, it seems like Megan has a thing about writing ones that are like about story moments or about like that kind of thing. Okay, so all right. Both the both the last times we've had the ones where like it's about more of like an abstract idea. Those sure. ones have been on the cards, so that's like part of my strategy going okay. forward. Okay, that sounds like, like a good strategy. Try to like leave those for the cards. <laughs> <laughs> all right, hold on, hold on. I'm gonna find. She's really crafting this last yeah, one to get us. Yeah, I am. Just to get us. Are you on Twitter, Sam, by the way? I am on Twitter. I am at the poop spurt on oh, Twitter. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. You can follow me. I, uh, I, uh, I tweet about uh, various movies and web series that I make, including the poop spurt with Sam Donald, web series all about poop. And uh, I mostly retweet political nonsense. And what is fair enough? The poop. What on earth is this about? So, well, it's the poop spurt is it's like I'm a poop expert. Yeah. And so, like, I'm Got there, it. and like every episode we talk about a different about poop. poop topic. So, like last time uh, I was making new episodes, I did a, a couple of interviews with my cousin who is a new mother about changing diapers and sure. about baby poop. Um, but we've also done episodes on like the. Uh, 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 the Bristol stool scale, which is like a, a medical scale that's like rating the uh, consistency of like softness or hardness of poop on like a one yeah. to seven rating. Like most scale of hardness. Yeah. But for sh- um, or sometimes sometimes we play what color is my poop today? Oh, that's a good. Yeah. That's a good game. Yeah, yeah, that's a good game. So have you done episodes on number one, owl scat and number two, that cat poop coffee? No, I haven't. Okay, uh, the cat, under your the cat poop coffee I've like retweeted about for sure. Okay. People, a lot of people sent me that article. Uh, or the various about articles it. about Just it. Just yeah. think about it. All right. What about animals that don't poop? Okay, now, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I was, back I was to flavor text. I've been done for a while. I was just letting you guys just know. Letting us talk yeah, about poop. Exactly. Listen, I'm in the Go room. For it. There's going to be some of that. <laughs> All right. Uh, here we go. It's the last one. All right. The God Pharaoh's benevolence concealed the factory he created to produce an army of Eternals. That's one. Two, Bantu's ambition made her Nicol Bolas's willing tool of deception. Three, the truth, it's been here all along. The hours as we understood them are lies. All right, I think you wrote the first one. I also want to guess number one. Guess number one. We can take her down a peg. Read it one more time. Okay. One, the god pharaoh's benevolence concealed the factory he created to produce an army of eternals. Two, Bantu's ambition made her Nicol Bolas's willing tool of deception. Three, the truth, it's been here all along. The hours as we understood them are lies. Okay, so, number three I know is a card. Yeah, number th- well, number three is one of those more, like, a little bit more abstract moments. And it's it also a like. very good piece of flavor text. Sure. Shout out to whoever wrote that. I um, that. And, and I'm pretty sure I recognize the second one. Um, and the first one feels like it falls into Megan's category of, like, writing about it. Oh, but she could moment. be trying to get us because the second one's so simple. She could absolutely be trying to get us, and kudos to her if she's got me. Okay. But I'm going with the first okay, one. Okay, number one. Going with it. Number one is from Frontline Devil. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the second one is mine. Ah, see, that's what I was like. That's what she's going to do. She's going to flip the script on us and do a simple one. Uh. 
also top notch strategy in Balderdash, by the way, to do a really oh, simple one. Man. I am humiliated. <laughs> Sam has zero. I finish the game with two. Megan wins with five. Six, because I got, got both six. of you oh, that yeah. time. Six. Although I think that you then have that because I had doubled the opportunities to get points. Or we Even if we have together. your number of points, you still have three, and that's better than that's us combined. That's true. Yeah, so. no. very true. Yeah. Well, everybody, that's our episode for this week. Thanks again to Sam for sticking around and uh, uh, playing Peasant Cube Master with us. Yeah, yep. it was the best. Um, once again, if you have not yet watched it, head over to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash MTACast. You can check out some video from our pre-release last weekend. You can also find episodes of My Roommate is a Planeswalker, our PSAs, Death Techs, and more. Yes, and a big thank you, of course, to everybody who joined our family this week on patreon.com slash MTACast. Remember, you can still join before the end of the month to get in our sweet drawing. That's right. Oh, what were the, ra- the rares? Oh, yeah, pack, say the rares. By the way, there was Hostile Desert. Oh, cool. Uh, I got two of those my two at a giant pool. Nice. Uh, and then, oh, there's a river, Hoopoo. Oh, that, which Cute. is going straight into the peasant cube. So straight cute. into the peasant that cube. That card is so good. Uh, so cute. Uh, there's a foil sandblast. Nice. And then, where was it? I know I remember seeing Oh, it's a crested sunmare. Mm. Horse! Indestructible Get horse. started on your horse deck Yay. by so winning this. Do you guys know, are horses like an Egypt mythology thing? Like, why is that card in this set? I have no idea. I actually idea. don't know. Listen, it's balling. I just want someone to go out there and do the research for me and tell me, like, how it's, it's why, like, why how yeah, crested why? sunmares fit into Egyptian mythology. Sometimes you just want to print a horse, yeah. you know what I mean? Sometimes you just need to, you know. Yeah. Um, anyways, like Maria said, head on over. Uh, if you if you sign up by the end of the month, you could be entered in a drawing for these. Thank you again to our sponsor, cardkingdom.com slash MTACast. Make sure if you're heading over there to buy cards, so please use the affiliate link. It's the only way they know that you are supporting our show by heading over and buying cards from them and a fantastic store to buy cards from. Again, say you want an MTACast sticker in your order and they will, as Megan said, slap one into your order. Slap it <laughs> in there. slap in there. And go over and sub on our YouTube channel uh, so we can uh, be alerted whenever we post a new video um, because we're doing that uh, twice a week and sometimes more so that's right you want to you want to stay in the know next week of course more great um, Hour of Devastation stuff we're going to talk more about Hour of Devastation draft yep. because be we'll great. have had a chance to do that that's and of right. course you know we're probably going to hit up uh, the stream after this episode so twitch.tv slash magically amateuring is a place to go to be notified when we're streaming streaming Sweet. and dreaming so um um, just so many ways to stay in touch, and we hope that you do because you're friends slash family slash um, mothers-in-laws out there in the audience. So thank you um, for being all those things for us. Specifically, thank you to everyone who's being my mother-in-law. <laughs>